0: Hello everyone. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. A little bit of a dreary one out there, but that's okay. Um, Hopefully it's warm where you are at. Uh, Last week we took a little bit of a break for Thanksgiving from our our wednesday podcast and we are back with it now and we're going to be taking a look at acts chapter 3 so these past couple of weeks i hope you had the opportunity to read through acts chapter 3 a couple of times Uh, if you didn't then i would encourage you i'll give you a moment here you can press pause on your player and and read chapter 3 of the book of acts and then um, we'll get back together so give you a little bit of time press pause take a read of that um, pretty pretty amazing event that we get to um, witness taking place uh, uh, back back in Acts chapter three in Jerusalem in the temple, and um, we'll talk about it just a little bit. So I'll give you a little bit of time here. Okay, we're back. Uh, as I said, hopefully you've had a chance to read Acts chapter three, reading about this miracle and see uh, the work of God continuing to take place through his servants, the apostles. And uh, it's interesting, when you see right from the very beginning, you know that this is not just Peter and John at work here. Just the way this this works out is just a little bit too perfect in its timing. Um, And we, of course, believe that the Holy Spirit is at work directing um, a lot of these events taking place. So what you have is Peter and John heading to the temple during the ninth hour, and this is the hour of afternoon prayer. So what we need to understand about that is that this is a time when... um, Oh, good grief. I forgot to turn my phone down. Sorry about that. Um, this is a time when people would gather in the temple. It was it was a a worshipful time, a holy time, um, kind of a quiet time. And that 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 quiet time is about to be disrupted in a major way. So as you look through Acts chapter three, what you're going to find is is Peter and John are on their way to the temple. And I mean these are these are followers of Jesus. They're still Jews, um, and they're going to probably to pray. Uh, maybe perhaps they have in mind it's time to preach again. Uh, but they're just Heading towards the temple and their sermon is going to be preceded by quite an event. There's a lame man that is brought um, regularly into the temple. Um, He's placed in at the gate called Beautiful. And I would encourage you um, that will make this come to mind for you just a little bit better. some point in time, maybe you can even pause this study right now, and um, on your phone or on your your iPad, your computer, whatever, um, type in um, first century temple of Herod in Jerusalem. And what you'll have pop up is a number of different diagrams of the temple, and that will show you where this gate called Beautiful is at. It'll show you the different courtyards of the temple, and it'll bring home to you a little bit better um, what this scene looked like. So, This man was as a regular practice for him to be placed here at this temple because this is a man who's lame, um, lame from birth. He cannot uh, work. Uh, Basically, his only option is to have people take him to the temple so that he can beg alms from those who are going into the temple to give offerings and going to worship. So that's exactly what he's doing, just like normal, and uh, Peter and John are on their way in, and... This is interesting. Uh, they see, this man sees Peter and John. He does what he always does. He asks for alms, and Peter and John say, Look at us. Hey, we don't have anything to give as far as monetarily, but we have something else that we will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, look at verse 6. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, Walk. And, verse 7, And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. And with a leap he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. So, This, the the Greek language tells us this is a continued action. His walking, his leaping, his praising of God. This is a natural reaction. This man is ecstatic. His life has just been changed in this miraculous way. And the interesting thing is he's not giving the credit to, notice, he's not giving the credit to Peter and John. He's giving the credit to God. As I've already told you, this is the hour of prayer. This is a quiet time in the temple. Uh, This man is not being quiet, but he is most definitely Praising God. And this gets a lot of attention from a lot of people. This is no small disturbance. If you look at verses 10 through 12, there's 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 a word that is going to reoccur a number of different times. And the word is this: amaze, or amazement, or amazed. These people saw what is taking place, they recognize this man. He's a fixture outside the temple at this beautiful gate. And this is the this is the thing. They know something amazing has taken place and they, they're they going to talk about it. What happened? How is this, this happening? And Peter sees this opportunity before him. And he grabs a hold of it with both hands, and he begins preaching. As a matter of fact, your Bible might have subtitles like mine does, or, or headings, and, and mine says this is Peter's second sermon. This is Peter's second recorded sermon. We don't know if this is his second sermon that he ever preached about Jesus, but it's the second one that we have recorded. And Peter immediately goes from this miracle taking place, this man being there with them, um, people witnessing this. I mean, this man is is prime evidence of what has taken place. Peter says, look, this miracle has nothing to do with, with me. It has nothing to do with my brother John here. All this has to do with is the power of God working through Jesus Christ, whom... You delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate. And uh, he goes on to say in verse 14, You disowned the holy and righteous one and ask for a murderer to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are all witnesses. And it is on the basis of this faith in his name. It is the name of Jesus, which has strengthened this man whom you see and know and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. This is something else. Peter takes this miraculous event taking place, and he uses that to promote and, again, to proclaim the gospel. And his his message, once again, um, continues to be, in Jerusalem anyway, very accusatory, uh, letting the people know that it is the man that you put on the cross— It's through that man and through faith in that man that this miracle has taken place. And following that accusation, Peter, just like in his first sermon, recorded sermon, he goes on to say to them, repent. Following the accusation, each time, this is the way his sermons map out, he says, repent, change, turn away. And look at verse 19. This is really interesting to me, and it's something that we do not want to overlook. This is what he says. He says, Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So do you you catch what's saying here? He says repent. Of course, we know that's a part of salvation, a major part of salvation. It's not all of it, but it's a major part of it. It's that change of direction in life, completely and totally. As we talked about last week, it's stop wrong, start right. It's no longer living for me. It's living for someone else, in this case, living for my Lord. Um, so that is kind of a, uh, a, oh, I guess you'd say a summary statement of conversion. He's telling them to come to Christ, is what he's telling them, and this is what he says, and return. Return where? Return, look at the end of the verse, to the presence of the Lord. This is something we have to understand, uh, brothers and sisters. We were made to be in God's presence." We are made in the image of God and our longest, most far back ancestors, all of us have the same ones, Adam and Eve, they were created to be in the presence of God. We also were created to be in the presence of God and we can be once again in God's presence only through his son, Jesus Christ. So Acts chapter 3, it's its a great one, and as we will see, um, it, gets, it gets Peter and John in some hot water because this disturbance not only caught the attention of the people there for prayer, it caught the attention of the religious elite as well as their temple soldiers, their temple officers. So we're going to see in chapter 4 what comes next. So I would encourage you, before next Wednesday, to open up Acts chapter 4, read through it a couple of different times, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at it um, one week from today. Um, again, have a good rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.